Do you want to meet Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander, the real Frog Brothers? Join us, the Frog Brothers Podcast, August 20th and 21st in San Antonio, Texas for the Summer of Santa Carla presented by Kings of Horror. Help celebrate the 35th anniversary of one of our favorite films, The Lost Boys. With screenings, autographs, artists, vendors, oddities, readings, comics, food, and more. Plus your favorite podcast hosts, Alec, Justin, and Nick. Go to socialrevoltstore.com for tickets and be sure to follow Kings of Horror on Instagram for updates. Looking to win tickets? Listen to the Frog Brothers podcast from now until the event and be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts for more chances to win. At Frog Bros Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter. We'll see you in Texas. Yeehaw! Haunted by Tapes with the Frog Brothers Podcast. What are you guys thinking? I really liked a lot of this movie. There's a few things I can nitpick in it. I have one nitpick, but that's that's it. What? We won't get there yet. It's Toward the end? Yeah. Um, well, let's break it down. That's where a lot of people's nitpicks are, is it? Toward the end. The big... Uh, the very end. The opening, right? With the uh. sitcom set fucking amazing creepy as hell right and terrifying yeah it just gave me alf vibes but like, yeah, I, say, alf, I like how that shows alf but if it's a alf chimpanzee. was like a chimpanzee yeah like a and you're chimpanzee. like okay and if alf was not in the show intro except for one shot because alf is in the whole intro with holding the camera and shit like he's at least mm-hmm. doing that but they didn't imply that the monkey was holding the camera and they should have well you open with this ex- extremely <laughs> unsettling like violent scene we're, we're and, gonna we're gonna get hate mail from the animal community for calling a chimpanzee a monkey i am the animal community hmm. yeah i'm a fucking vegan what are you talking <laughs> about here? you're like how dare you a chimpanzee is not a monkey well we're just going by this that's, what we know here nick okay. thanks for trying to clarify for us yeah i mean that's good did i call, did we call it a monkey actively i don't think any of us did i, I don't even recall mentioning you called what it, it a was monkey. chimpanzee i think is what we called it right? you called it a monkey did i hmm. when Right before I said, we're going to get hate mail from the... No. It's fine, though. All right. It's a common mistake, like porpoise and... and well, and uh, clearly you're not going to have a, alligator and a real chimpanzee talking. do that these days, so that was pretty fucking I'm good. I'm not a fucking expert on primates, you know <laughs> what I mean? I didn't study these motherfuckers. It's pretty fucking uh, good CGI there, though, huh? Yeah, it works. For the chimp? Mm-hmm. I saw someone insult it, say it was bad... Or another podcast or something, I think. There's some... I don't remember it I mean, bad. just like anything else, there's a few lighting things that kind of give it away, but for the most part, like, do you really want a chimp doing that in real life when they really have that strength to do that? Like, I, I wouldn't risk that. That doesn't make any sense. It seems like a terrible idea. If you're looking for flaws... Like, why on earth would you intentionally put a chimpanzee in a way to harm somebody to do a film scene when you could do it So that could really happen. Yeah, then. exactly. No, we don't need that. But that is a terrifying opening to a movie that you're like, everyone's kind of knows this is about aliens, right? That's It's been pretty trend. Yeah, I was wondering how that was going to link in. And 
I thought that was interesting. A lot of people didn't like that aspect, and I'm like, no, no, this explains a whole lot about this character. There's so much character development for, and I forget names because I only saw this one. Well, here's the thing, yeah. Um, the big overarching theme to me, one of them, out of a, I guess a couple things that you could talk about, is the man man attempting to control beast, mm-hmm. especially with that character. Yes, it's a reoccurring theme throughout with the, the chimpanzee. He's with watching the them. He's watching how it goes wrong when you try to control a beast, basically on the sitcom. That's his experience there. He's he's seeing how it goes wrong, and then he still is like fascinated by that. Later you get on. another glimpse of it with the horses mm-hmm. when they're on the movie set. Mm-hmm. They're trying to control them, and the horse randomly just almost murders someone. They don't listen to his advice exactly. And yeah, there's another. It's a close call, not as dangerous, but yeah, the reoccurring theme here is taming animals, no matter what it is, taming something that's not human, that's not traditionally domesticated in that way. You need and even something man trying to conquer beast and, and yeah. tame it and use it for show, basically. It's a very big reoccurring theme throughout the entire picture. and use it as spectacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you Jordan Peele's own words, he's a big spectacle movie, but it's a spectacle movie in a way that's like taking advantage of. It's like meta spectacle, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's about spectacle, and in itself is a spectacle movie because it's, you know, everybody's fucking seen it. It's a summer blockbuster right now. It's aware of that one of my favorite parts of this movie was that it dates back to the original motion picture, right? The still photography they used to make the motion picture. I loved tying that into this movie. I thought that was very fascinating. That's just like a great way to educate a general public. By yeah. putting it into a feature like that, and then you give these characters some backstory. What would you think of that intro with Keith David? Fucking love Keith Spooky David. Spooky and awesome. Yeah, I love Keith David also. That, that was my... I thought he was going to pull through. <laughs> my biggest disappointment like, in this movie was how limited his screen time was, because I felt like there was a really interesting story yeah, with him Yeah, that bummed there. me out. Yeah, I mean, I didn't bum me out. It bummed me out. It was relevant to the story, but... Yeah. It was needed. And he pulled it off well. And then getting a couple of flashbacks in there, I did appreciate those just to kind of provide some additional context. Yeah, you see him again later for a brief moment in a flashback. But I love that first scene, like when he dies, like all the shit's flying out of the sky, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Is it like a meteor shower or something going on right now? It's like a house key stuck in the horse's ass. (laughs) Yeah. That's one of those things that feels very close encounters-y, you know what I mean? Close encounters. um, We think, yeah, they, they say, they try to explain it as a plane dumped it out or something yeah yeah and that's, and that's where i got the, we were watching was there that's like where i got the donnie darko or? vibes to some degree too it was like oh okay i can kind of see that like the unidentified plane what the hell's going on here when you're first watching i knew it wasn't a plane just because i hadn't seen the trailers and there's ufos in the trailers when you're first watching this oh yeah but i just figured that's what they're trying to explain it you think it's an alien ship so you're not thinking about it eating people and then spitting out their you know well i figured it, it was getting rid of their shit somehow Obviously, when I, guess, I saw yeah. that, but like you don't know how, and you're interested in why and whatnot. Yes, it's just one of those pieces of the puzzle. Um, then basically, he goes, uh, and you see. So after he loses, he's his, selling the horse to what's his face. Can't remember his name now. It's Jupiter. Been fucking what, two weeks since Jupiter, I've seen this. Yeah. Is that Jupiter? Is that his name? Or is that I know that's the Ken, place. Ken Yoon is. I think they call him Jupiter. Yeah. Anyway, so we find out he's the grown-up version. And I'm not sure if it's at this exact moment. We find out he's the grown-up version of the kid that was on the set of this Yeah, because they talk show. about the show while yeah. they're at his... And then... Um, yeah, they talk about it, and he's exploiting it still. Like, people stay lots of money to stay in this room of... Fuck. Of <laughs> yeah, my weird shit. It. Yeah. yeah, and so... And the one thing that I thought was fascinating was that one ballet slipper or whatever type of shoe that girl was wearing. Sticking straight up. 
Satan unexplained. Trip. Unexplained. Uh, with the I like that it's leg. unexplained the no, whole time. It is explained. Yes. It's in his head because he has it on the wall displayed that one shoe in like the that. glass case. And so you think his flashback's not so accurate? In, in his head, he's seeing it as it's displayed on his wall, ah. standing up. Wait, what? I see what, what he's saying? saying. So he's saying that, like, he's got this displayed this way, so in his flashback memories to this, he sees it how he currently has it displayed, so it's vertical just like that in it, that glass. Because he, he has it on his wall. Still. So his memory is fleeting Was it in bit. the wall? It looked like it was still just... In a, uh, it was position. in a basically a glass it's, case. It's standing up either way, no matter where. Yeah, it but is. I could I could see that. I mean, so supposedly that's I didn't come up with that on my own. I heard someone else explain oh. it that way. Well, that's a theory for sure. But what else but would I, it be? What when I watched it the first time, I was like, is there some kind of gravity thing going on with an alien ship, and that made the chimp go crazy too, and that's making the shoe well, stand I, up? I was like, it does leave you asking a lot of questions throughout this, which I, I like to think that the ballet slipper is something else more David Lynchian where it's just doesn't have an explanation in reality it's just like yeah it'd be weird if there was if a there is an slipper. explanation then that's the most well, a terrifying one, situation to have something like that at the end of it you'd be like what in the fuck is this after all of that yeah well terrifying. I that's don't know. the thing they also aren't necessarily his flashbacks because they're not in his point of view some no, of the looks are but like you see him so it's not necessarily that's, a flashback it's a, a film flashback all flashbacks do that though where it doesn't show it from the person's perspective I wouldn't though. say I'll do if you're trying to show them from the perspective, if, if you were trying to do with that explanation, it would definitely be from the perspective, I feel like. So he has this crazy collection of stuff, though. So there's the slipper, the shoe, whatever you want to call it. Ballet slipper is what it looked like to me, but that could have just be because it was standing upright and looked like that. It was a slip-on shoe. And then you also see the balloon or the birthday party hat that the chimpanzee takes off and sets on the ground after he's kind of done with his rampage. And since we're talking about this... Like, we can skip forward ahead to the next flashback where he, he kind of talks about and sees, and he almost... I'd rather the, wait because it's so relevant. Okay. Um, we'll circle back. To that, that moment. Um, but he's very proud of this, and his sister is super impressed with uh, everything that's there. Yeah, she wants him to sell the whole ranch to this guy. She's like, fuck it, just get rid of it and sell everything to him. And he's like, uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't think Dad will want me to do that, basically. Yeah. Well, I don't even think he says that out loud, but it's kind of like implied, you know what I mean? He's like, you very get that quiet. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue. But he I, pulls off just the acting of that character, like you in know, his face, in his yeah, mannerisms. Say, you know what he's feeling because he's able to express he's it. He's annoyed by everyone and, and everything. Kiki Palmer is just awesome in this movie. Is that the sister? Yes. She's uh, amazing. Well, it just felt like such real-life characters because, you know, she's like just vaping randomly throughout the movie. Like, I felt exactly. that was an interesting choice because, you know, most movies will do everything they can not to have any smoking in there, but it feels like real people because they're doing shit we see people do in real life every day. Yes, for sure. Um, I'm not saying I want smoking back in movies by any means, but I just felt that was timely and accurate to real life. I don't have a problem with smoking in movies. Mm. I mean, I don't want people smoking just to smoke, but, like, characters who would smoke, yeah. It's a character trait for sure. Some people smoke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not against taking shit out just for weird reasons like that. I mean, I get it if it's a kid's movie. Like, you don't want literally a G movie with people smoking cigarettes. You're not taking out the extreme violence, so don't take out anything else. Yeah. What are you, what are you saying? You don't want people to smoke, but you want people to kill each other? I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, and then we see... He keeps... Wait. What? It's hard just because we don't have notes, but like... Um, well, I... I the next scene that I feel like this is kind of in place here where we see at 
Jupiter's farm, like the kind of the night setting and then all the lights down where that little horseshoe shape is for the show. And like, then you see like that, the ship leave for the first time. I think that is close to what we're, we're at because you also have where she steals the guy's horse from him. Yes. And puts that up. As a decoy, right? Yeah. Yes, it's very intentional. Mm. And then the you're realizing what it came later. Yeah, we that's what even, I'm thinking. Like, we haven't even talked that. about them seeing it at the ranch yet. Yeah, and so that's kind of what you're you're at there. And the first scenes are great because you're like, is this a ship? Is this not? No, you're not. You're like, this is a ship. Yeah, I never. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's coming. The, I think the exact explanation. You think it's a UFO the whole time until the first thing he says it's not. Well, the, I think and, the sister said, or someone said, it's not moving like a ship. And I was like, eh, well. Well, I mean, it's aliens, moving like a UFO you alien expect ships, to. Alien ships move in a UFO wild. movie yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like how its look is pretty classic UFO, too. Yeah, it's going to like right off that Mulder's poster. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you get to see down there at Jupiter's, and that's when you realize how close it is. And like that's why he doesn't go investigate, because in the movie, I recall being like, why the fuck doesn't he go check out what's going on down there? Because that's after the first horse gets out and goes down there can't figure out why the fucking horse ran yeah and yet he doesn't go all the way down there and to investigate um, um that was weird yeah what we ummed at the same time no. it was in stereo we're right. available i'm trying to think of what happens next um does that where they go and get cameras yeah that's yeah, when that's they basically involve fries which is funny. That's fries like electronics, which is still a thing in Phoenix, or it was. I think they went out of business yeah. after this movie shot. Like, I think they went out of business. Yeah, I heard COVID. someone say they're out of business completely now, but I'm not sure. Yeah, they were down to only a few locations before, and I think they finally went under, which is... Well, there's Fry's grocery stores. They were at the Kroger. Yep. And those are still open. But at the Fry's electronics oh, are closed. Yeah, it's one mm -hmm. of those Kroger... Yeah, yeah. It's funny. And I remember driving past and being like, Fry's electronics? That's weird. Well, I felt mm -hmm. like Circuit City went out, and I think Best Buy is kind of But that checks though. out for the region, too, because they're in where? Uh, New Mexico? Where are they at? LA? California, I guess, yeah. technically, yeah. Outside of L.A.? Yeah. It's yeah. just that I'm used to the ranch, and it kind of looks like those other states. Well, in the, Southwest America, yeah, right? You know, it kind of has that vibe. Um, yeah, they're getting all the cameras set up. That's interesting. This guy, this is a little bit of a movie thing where he just is kind of like, yeah, I'm going to hang out with you guys and just stalk you, basically, and they're okay with it. Yeah, and he but turns it's out fine. To, well, he talks them into letting them install it because he's like, "You're not going to be able to do this yourself." Yeah, yeah. And then he kind of figures out what they're doing because they're pointing the cameras at the sky and shit. And then, then he, despite not having permission, watches their camera feed from the store. Yeah. Um. Is that? Yeah, this is where they've gotten a decoy, isn't it? Then they steal a decoy now for the for the cameras. That's pretty early on, so I think it's probably yeah, around. because then the kids. They come in the, those masks. Well, that decoy yes. has the flag. What do you call it? Yeah, the flag, Back to the Future flag to get paper, stuck to Marty. You know, exactly. just the, the colored, I don't know what you call those, but it's basically your colored flag with a little triangle pennant flag, I guess, maybe. I don't know, something. Uh, yeah, that's pretty fascinating, though. I love that decoy being set up there. And like they're like, don't come in here. And he's like, oh, where'd you get that? And then yeah. you realize like, that she's trying to hide the fact that she stole it. Uh, that works out pretty well. And I'd, that scene that you're talking about, though, in the barn where those lights flick back on, you're like, oh, shit, we're going to get something here. And then you see the creepy movements of the thing, and you're like, oh, interesting. So there's aliens. Mm -hmm. And it's misleading you more, and it's awesome. Um, and he that's the first time he I think he goes, nope. <laughs> and, and that was, yeah. 
Very fascinating with the way that first alien stands up, right? Which you later find out is the kid just fucking with him from the Juniper's ranch. Yeah, because they he, they stole the horse, so they decided to fuck I was sitting there watching, I was like, yeah. is this actual aliens? Something? No, well, it looks terrible on purpose, and you're like, what the fuck? And well, then it, it, it looks But it is terrifying because it looks terrible. The way they it's did it. It like, reminds me of like something from the late 80s. I mean, because if I was an alien, I would dress up like a fucking alien that people expect just to terrorize them even more. Well, that's what they do in Fire in the Sky, don't they? Kind of, they're in that gray suit. <laughs> oh, they're but, in the space suit before they're... It looks like yeah. the traditional grays, but then they're like little tan, shrunken men-looking right. fuckers. And, um... So the, he also at that that when they're talking about that, that's when he gives him a flyer to his event, which is where they go later to the fuckery where he's sacrificing horses to this UFO monster. Mm-hmm. Well, and they've also talked now, to the cinematographer at this point, right? And they've made that first phone call to him, like, "Hey, you want to get the guy shot? from the crow?" And he's making some. Uh, I'm trying yeah. to think of where I see. He's him the from. villain at the end of the crow. Mm-hmm. He's great in this. Um, I don't necessarily love how he was written at the end but at the same yeah, time it's fitting just yeah. to kind of like be like fuck it this dude's old enough and doesn't well it's a like shit. a spectacle thing again like he yeah. he was so concerned about filming it he didn't even consider that he was about to just fucking die i thought maybe he was he wanted to well no because did he think they'd be able to recover the camera he the had film, yeah i mean you'd be able to get that film back and i like, thought that's what it. he wanted to do he wanted to film. i don't think he was doing it intentionally i think it was more supposed to be like he's just so fucking in awe of this thing and he's like i gotta get a good shot of this shit well i loved i loved the stuff they provide around his character as you see him in the editing booth where like he's got a lot of animals fighting over like top of the food chain type stuff right there's a lot of this sub context that you're it's almost subliminal in the fact that you're just seeing what he's editing and it isn't really consequential to the story, but it's very consequential to what he is actually interested in in his personal time. So uh, why he ends up there. So this is the first show they did with an audience, right? This is the first sacrifice of a horse it, with yeah, an audience. Yeah, I can't supposedly. I'd have to watch it again to be clear on the dialogue, but it seems like it's the first show in in the act, but it also seems like he's just lying to the audience like they do it all the time. Yes. Right. But it's the first time there's people witnessing it, or otherwise. Seems like it, and including one of the women who was on the show with him who got the her face ripped off. I've never dead. seen that in yeah. the trailer, and I'm like, what is this going to you know, fit into the story? That was a very interesting her? choice. No, what I like about this is right before that scene happens, that's when you see the rest of the chimp scene. Mm-hmm. And they're literally showing you him witness this fucking brutality. And that is the scene where I was in the theater like, oh, fuck. But the chimp is set off by that balloon popping, mm-hmm. which is kind of foreshadowing and the keep popping. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and well, he, in addition to the... Showing him that you cannot control everything like yeah. a beast like this. You cannot tame it. And yet then it cuts to him trying to tame the UFO. I do kind of wish and, that we had seen more of the graphic nature of the chimp attack. I, you, I, was, I think your imagination's more powerful. I, I don't want to see it. If you see it, it makes it comical and I'm not saying goofy. it as a negative, but when I was watching, I'm like, I want to see. I was terrified enough. I didn't want to see it. For me, seeing him under that table hiding, I think this gives him his false sense of security later on in the movie to be sacrificing these horses because he's going to fist bump the chimpanzee, right? And he thinks it's okay, then it gets shot. So we don't really know if the animal would have, the chimpanzee would have killed him or not. That was a loud gunshot, too. But I think that gave him the superficial feeling that he can connect with animals in a way other people can't since he didn't get killed. Yeah. Because you see the father come through the set there and kind of cause a distraction and get killed in addition. And then we find out that the co-star, the older sister on the show. Got her face ripped off. (laughs) Has survived somehow, right? 
Um, and that's fascinating, too, because she's there, and he's trying to show her this spectacle, even though she's already been through that trauma. So clearly this is like a man that has never accepted his trauma and has just tried to, like, profit off it, and it's very fucking disturbing when you really think of it in those terms. Well, he's exploiting his own trauma and exploiting new shit at and, the same time and not learning the lesson from the first time that he saw as a child. That's, and he invites her back out there to see this trauma bullshit, and you're like, what in the fuck? It's... And this is where the other terrifying scene happens, where... They have the horse in the, basically, they're trying to get the horse to go, right? Trying to get yeah, it to run. They're trying, he's trying to fucking get it to go out there and get sucked up, and then the thing decides, nah, I think I'm going to fucking just eat the audience here. And you. And this scene is terrifying once it shows, like, the insides of the oh, ship yeah. and people being sucked up through, like, the orange glowing fucking insides and yeah. how claustrophobic and you just hear everybody screaming. Mm-hmm. That was terrifying to me, like, 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 like in Firewalk, Firewalk with me. <laughs> Fire, Fire, Fire in the, the sky. sky. Yes. Man, I gotta watch this movie. No, that's, uh, Firewalk. that was well done, right? Yeah, no, it terrified the shit out of me and I, that's what I was thinking. Um, the claustrophobic feel that it gives you and then you're like, wait a second, because at first... You still don't even really realize that this is kind of truly its own creature. Did they have that discussion yet? I mean, you see them getting sucked up in there, and you don't know if they're getting processed to be eaten. I by think something he else. had just like recently realized it because he was going there to save his horse from being sacrificed. Okay, yeah. But as I recall, like it just still felt like you know you see them going in there, so you don't know if it's actually digesting them or what else. Because well, yeah, you don't at that point know yeah, exactly what's going on. Because yeah. there's also I that, think he knows. There's but. also that cubic shape you kept seeing throughout the movie, um, and. That's the view from there, basically, like, on the inside and on the outside exactly. and exit there. Very interesting. I liked how the inside of it looked, like, when it was showing those creepy views and stuff. Some of the creepy views I loved. The only thing I didn't like was the cube face coming out of it at the end. I was like... Well, when it became such a weird thing at the end, that was for sure, like, I guess you want to be climactic somehow. Yeah. But that was my least favorite part, for sure, was how it was just, like, this weird amorphous... It looked like a, just a white jellyfish or something. I don't know, or a white dress. Yeah, it started to look like a jellyfish. Well, it looked like a jellyfish, right, but it also but... looked robotic because it had that cube come out and make those interactions. And you're like, okay, I, I like the floating jellyfish in concept, but I didn't like the combination of the two. I like the big sails ability of it, and I like well, how... Before we get there, too, we have um, the TMZ motorcycle guy shows up, too, <laughs> and... because what's-his-face has been dead for... And that's basically why TMZ is there. Is like, what'd you have to do with this guy's death, huh? Yeah, they're basically, yeah, this is like, this cuts right through your property. You're the only people by him. Two people from this fucking sitcom are dead now who were part of a massacre then. So that would be TMZ worthy. It makes sense why they're there. The only thing on the TMZ that didn't make a lot of sense to me was the mirrored helmet. Oh, right, because you think he's like some government agent or some shit showing up who's a UFO hunter or some garbage. And that was a good, and that looked like that guy knew way more than we did because you're like, okay, we've already seen... The horse reacted to that sphere. <laughs> we see that, or the, I don't know what you call that device, but whatever. Yeah. The mirror ball, right? And then he makes one at home, and we see him doing that to just kind of not spook the horse because the horse is going to need to be around that. I think that's a, I don't know if it's a light measuring device or whatever, with. but. That was funny when the bike shuts down, that guy goes flying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they even talk <laughs> about it like that's a, when, when this gets there. Um, well, it wouldn't matter if it's an electric bike or a regular bike. There's still an electric component. The fucking. Yeah. Thing chasing him when he's on the horse. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Because he tries to save the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where it starts doing all the crazy transforming and... 
Well, then it becomes the T-Rex because you can't look at it, right? You know, it's like, don't Oh, yeah, that it. is an interesting thing. He, he has that theory he comes up with. I think if it's if you look at it. He comes up with that about halfway through it. Well, it, well he thinks of it from earlier when it spooked the horse with that mirror thing. Yeah. Yeah. That it triggers a instinct or to oh, attack yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's okay. where he got that idea from. It was from earlier. It's fascinating. <clears throat> um. Well, you have this giant scene in the desert, right? And I love, again, how, you know, a good, scary movie doesn't always have to take place in the dark. Like, you have shit going on in broad daylight that's absolutely mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. And it's that's just, much harder to pull off. It's not as, you know, it's a different kind of, it's not even straight horror, you know what I mean? No. But it's it's definitely still uh, thrilling. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it, it wouldn't have gained anything being at night it wouldn't be scarier or anything daytime horror is a, a legit thing and t david lynch you know there's a lot going on for on it to it. be at night to follow what's happening too so. it just yeah but also um, being in the daylight it's different than what you're used to with horror films so that actually introduces something different which makes you more afraid i think um and basically that's when the thing starts fucking with uh kiki palmer's character and uh, she ends up running over to the Jupiter Ranch. What, what, what is it? The It's not Jupiter. No, they call it Jupiter's, but I mean, that's the ranch area, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the, his his place or whatever. Jupiter Ranch or something. The little Western theme park shit. Um, and she's running through that, and she uses the thing to take pictures of it. Yeah, I love that. That we, well that they set up earlier when she looked into it and ruined their picture. Analog camera, no digital. Yep. And it, uh, she uses that to take pictures of it while it's fucking dying because she, what did she, oh, she let the big balloon, stuffed balloon animal go or something? What was it? Was uh, it? The cowboy. The, float? the floating cowboy. It's like a big balloon of Jupiter, I think. And, oh, there you go. And that's, well, we forget that that's the whole reason why it ate all those people because it ate that fake horse and it fucked it up for a little while. And then it came back and did that as revenge, basically. It was like, fuck you. So it, but it eats the giant balloon and it explodes yeah and the balloon pops basically, basically inside it, it and shreds up the creature yeah mm -hmm. and then she sees him on the horse in the in the fog basically the dust because you're not sure up to that point if he's still alive or not right well you assumed kind of like that he's dead but like you are also like maybe he's still alive mm-hmm um is the fries guy still alive or did they show him I can't even fucking recall it's been two weeks I need to watch again I really loved it though the cinematographer's death is very fascinating and to your point like I wasn't thinking of that the way you described it in the theater so it makes a lot more sense that he was just so interested in capturing the shot he didn't fucking care the consequences that's how I see that's it that's what I took from it he wanted to record being sucked up in it and everything yeah and I, that's kind of what I was wondering I was like how would he ever expect to develop this footage if he's suicidal for that Assuming that he knew that camera, camera yeah. that camera would survive being spit out, I guess. Yeah, and the fact that he had more than one like hand crank cameras, I thought was very cool, right? A well, the film would survive. Again, when we're talking about this whole thing as a the spectacle thing, how it just draws people to it. Yeah, that's kind of where we're getting why the fries guy is just like, oh, I'm gonna come and fucking basically just be here now, and I'm your best friend. Mm -hmm. And same with the cinematographer guy who was kind of not interested the first time he heard from them. And then was like, all right, there's some real shit going on. Sure. Then we had him down, and then was like, literally blown the fuck away because he still doesn't know if he was expecting. What was he expecting? You know. 
And I love how we get fucked with that whole scene earlier on with the uh, mantis, praying mantis in there. On the, on the camera. Mm-hmm. Blocking. You're like, what are That's we going to get here? Because this movie kind of misleads you in the fact that you expect that they're going to try to get this money shot to be famous, but the spectacle is this experience that they're all living through, right? It's not about the end result after the fact. It's all about just how they're dealing with this shit now and how she winds up getting the shot anyway with that basically ancient Polaroid because it's basically instant film exposure through that hand crank well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And it's all based off like real legit technology and stuff there. So I love the fact that it's accurate with some of the way those things work. Yeah, there's lots to be said about this movie. Like in... I feel like there's lots of deep themes that I feel like I'll uncover more when I watch it again, you know, like this one seems like it's got high replayability just to kind of get deeper and deeper within some of the subcontext of what's going on with the creature, what's going on with the spectacle spectacle element, more about the animals itself and taming creatures. It just seems like there's a lot going on in there too. Yeah. So. We didn't mention the that it creates like a fake cloud to hide in. Yeah, yeah where that's, sees that's, that. I like that, too. That's a cool element. That's kind of how they... Yeah, because like, is that a little... That's how on the video station? where it stays still, that's cool. That's yeah. how they figure yeah. out that it's always up there. And then he's yeah. like, I've been staring at this same cloud for six months. And like in the desert like that, there's going to be plenty of days where you don't have any cloud coverage, so that was fascinating, too. Now, is it like a shapeshifter? Is it supposed to have two different forms? Is it deliberately make itself look like a traditional UFO? I don't know, but I mean, when it's dropped, when it you know came and bled all over the fucking house, that scene was oh, amazing. Yeah. So terrible. Was that about that? Too. Was that supposed to be its blood or all the people it ate? I, it, I think it's vomiting, basically. Like it was it, it vomiting got some or internal damage. Basically. It got yeah. internal damage from the had the barbed wire already happened at that point, or can't recall. I have to watch it again. Damn it. Been yeah, two weeks. The, the damage that it took. <laughs> yeah, to that, I like that bleeding all over the house. When I love cool. how dirty the house was after the fact, like it just stained that. Even though there's like rain going on, it like legit comes over there, and then that whole creepy scene where he's trying to like just hide in the truck. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're trying to escape. <laughs> Sunglasses at that, night, yeah. playing really slow. Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> so creepy as fuck. It's already. I've used it as a TikTok sound. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> well done. Someone uploaded it to YouTube as a part of the nope soundtrack at that speed like the whole song nice classy yeah i enjoyed this a lot um and even just talking back about it now and picking up on some of the things i didn't notice just chatting with you guys about it i'm like okay i'm ready for another viewing of this it's it's good to watch a movie that actually can be analyzed and needs to be analyzed and isn't just Popcorn well, we, fluff. We, yeah, well, I was going to say, we watch a lot of stuff that's easily digestible, and you're not you talking a lot about development. You don't think about it afterwards at all. Well, that's the thing. Other is, than to talk about it on the This podcast. movie, I think, still works, even if you weren't, if you were a little bit person who didn't care about themes and interesting subtext and things like that, and you mm-hmm. were just watching it for what it is, it's still probably a yeah, fun movie. It still works as a popcorn film. Yeah. But I think, it, yeah, I like the layers it has in it. So there's something for everybody. It doesn't have to be just stupid, meaningless, empty crap. <laughs> that was that was my least favorite thing about it was some of the alien design with the cube integrated into this very organic looking form. I'm like, okay, so is yeah, I found is there something living well. additional into that? And like maybe there's a symbiotic relationship. It doesn't really explain it. It doesn't really matter. But it just it takes my main my mind to a place where I'm over analyzing that shit, and I want to just be focused on actually what's happening on screen. Other than that, this you know the the creature being able to change and look like a wind sail felt very much like an ocean creature and had a lot of cool elements to it. 
and like we can kind of see how it can kind of change its shape based on what it's doing and everything so yeah didn't you say you had some kind of criticism about the ending or something yeah but it was just the design of the creature that's literally it after it changed yeah i didn't i wasn't a fan i just like the ufo shape more that's really all it is it's not even like a real criticism it's just like a i find it not as aesthetically pleasing it wasn't as scary to me as i was hoping it would be based on the terrific the terrifying shit it was doing right i just didn't feel like oh that's not very scary more like a six-foot turkey (laughs) you know but overall when you look at it it's great and it doesn't feel again it's another movie that i feel like hasn't been done a million times because you're doing ufo in a new way right we haven't experienced a ufo film that i haven't personally seen that felt like this i mean it had there's callbacks it reminds me of three different movies but uh it's still a new refresher interesting take on it with new subtext that's not in any of the other ones that i'm aware of (laughs) yeah i mean yeah for the whole point of signs is the signs part that comes into play about his wife's death at the climax where you realize that his wife's last words were oddly relevant to saving her son's life from the aliens at the very end of the movie during that whole fucking climax scene like mm-hmm. that's what that movie's about like do you believe in signs and that whole discussion they have and so the subtext is different there but it's also more in your face it's part of the story it's not sure sub <laughs> it's just text i just mean they didn't go the traditional route with alien presence themselves right by not having them be like creatures or anthropomorphic in a way that we're expecting them to be like humans in any way shape or form right you kind of have that false positive with the uh kids from the ranch fucking with them so you've got something fresh as far as the creature goes as far as that idea i felt like that was pretty good and then you know some of the things about it being stationary in the clouds and them taking a while to realize that it it just didn't feel like completely rehashed it felt like it was influenced heavily by other things but it didn't feel like oh okay Mm. so looking forward to seeing it again but i'll probably wait till it's on video yeah yep all right, I believe that's uh, the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeehaw. Yes. Well, um, we'll see you in San Antonio. So, uh, follow us on Twitter, because you never know what can happen there. It's a wild place. <laughs> <laughs> Good night.